Mindfulness mode 85. Ask yourself the questions, you know, basic questions. Who am I? What do I want? Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us. As appreciation for listening, I have a meditation infographic for you called Calm Your Busy Mind. This download focuses on breathing, exercise, and mantras. Get your copy at mindfulnessmode.com slash calm, C-A-L-M. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Jason Shergott here on the line today. Hey, Jason, are you in mindfulness mode? You betcha. Fantastic. Jason Shergott is a social media success story. As part of his business, Millionaire Notes, Jason helps you build your brand through Instagram. Right now, Jason has 160,000 followers on Instagram, and a quick look at his posts tells you he has a mindful way of speaking directly to you, his follower. In fact, Jason embraces mindfulness in his professional and personal life, using tools every day to stay focused, stay centered, and be grounded. So, Jason, it's just great to have you on the line. So, tell us, what does mindfulness mean to you? Well, absolutely, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. And I've listened to several of your episodes, and the mind, it's, it's an amazing podcast. So, I am honored and privileged to be a guest today. And what mindfulness means to me is simply just being self-aware of what our true inner self wants, you know, your inner child, your inner being, and making sure that what we're doing each and every day is congruent with that. So it's all about self-awareness and really digging deep inside to be mindful of our happiness and our actions. So tell us, inner child, that's one of the the things you mentioned. Tell us about your inner child. Did you know, like, when you were a child about mindfulness, was that something that was just natural to you? You know, when I was a child, I didn't didn't really get why I was doing things. So I I think it was more natural. I just knew that when I went to school, I was there. I'm going to give my best. I knew that I just wanted to be the best version of myself I could be and help as many people as possible. But it wasn't really conscious. It was all natural. I guess I started really fully understanding mindfulness in my college years, high school and college years, and understanding really as I started creating a vision for where I wanted my life to go. And I knew that my the vision for my life wasn't going to happen overnight because it's a whole entire process. And I'm sure you you know that, Bruce, and so does your listeners. Right. But – no, I did not know it naturally. But as I've learned more about mindfulness and started practicing it, and I'll talk about how I practice it, it absolutely propels me forward. And it also absolutely grounds me and keeps me in check to make sure that that inner child, he doesn't he doesn't become this adult. I mean, I always say I'm not childish, but I always strive to remain childlike. Right. Well, you know, it's obvious how you have this connection with your listener and your follower. And just for example, one of your recent posts, you say, what's up family? Just a reminder to never spend another day not working to be what you promised you'd be when you grew up as a child. And I'm like, 
man, Jason's speaking to me, directly to me. And I'm suddenly thinking, well, he's got 160,000 followers. Yeah, no, 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 but definitely he's speaking to me. How do you do that? How do you use mindfulness to connect with your followers that way? Well, a lot of what I do is is I search my comments to see what's coming back. And and I with with that vast following base, I try to get some over to my personal brand at Jason Shergott so I can really connect with them uh, on a one-to-one level. But I just really see what's really resonating. What types of when I do most of my quotes, most of my content is quote based from from my partner network and we, we promote each other. I see what's resonating. You know, what what types of messages? Is it more about hardship? Is it more about relationship? Is it more about career? Is it more about financial? And as I get into that, I start to say, wow, you know, my following, we're all so much alike. So let me just bring them into my own psyche, my own mindfulness state and put something out. And I know it's not going to resonate with 160,000, but some people, just as you said, Bruce, are like, oh my God, Jason is talking to me. And one clear example is I put another video post up. Uh, I did a travel post and then I said, I, I got to do a follow-up video, uh, video post. And, and I said, stop, I'm talking to you. You know who you are, I'm talking to you. What do you want to do that you haven't done yet and why haven't you done it? Just stop. And, and, a, young, and a young kid, he had to be in his teenage years, said, well, I want to start a business, but, but school's really holding me back. And I, that just shook me to my core, you know, because that's who I am. That's Jason Shergott. I am really fulfilling not only my inner child to help others, but when I was just out of college and I was looking for mentorship and, and you know, to decrease my own learning curve to my current success, I was looking for mentors. And, and society wasn't what it is today. We didn't have all the digital stuff. So when that kid said that, I said, wow, Jason, you, this is you 10 years ago. You got it. You have to help him. And I responded. I just simply said, please email me. Here's the email address. Because right now you're saying school is getting in the way. But I guarantee you, school will quickly become work. So I, I, I resonated. He connected. And we're going to get on Skype sometime soon. But it's that. It's just it's just what are you feeling in your soul that you, you want to communicate, right? And you also have to be mindful that not everyone's going to love it. You know, too many people are, are so caught up with with dollar signs or or an Instagram, for an example, or Facebook, any social media. What is the level of engagement? What is what is the number of followers you have? What is the number of comments? You know, how often are you posting? No, I mean, if I connect with if I connect with one person new a day, that's three hundred sixty five people in a year. And if of those three hundred sixty five people that I connect with on a real level, not just through Instagram. 10%, I mean 10% refer me to someone else, I've just increased by another 36. And when I make real relationships with them, or I get on a podcast with you, Bruce, now I'm into your network. And when I share our message about some of the things we've talked today on my Millionaire Knows page and my Jason Shergott, you've just, your podcast has just been presented to over 160,000. And this is how you grow. This is organic growth. And one of the things that I want my, my followers to listen to, and that's why I picked motivation and inspiration as my, uh, my topic, is because it's like your podcast. I have l- followers every day. You have listeners every day. But they're the same. They're showing up because we're providing some kind of value and, and, and we're, we're, we're speaking to their soul. So I picked motivation and inspiration because it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or 85. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Everyone needs motivation and inspiration. Everyone needs a shoulder to lean on. Everyone needs someone to say, 
I've been there. You can get through this. Yeah, we all do for sure need motivation. I'm just going to pull up a sentence that you said a few minutes ago, and you've said the word soul a couple of times. And of course, when we talk about mindfulness, we're talking about soul. You said you've got to get to this point. What are you feeling in your soul? So what is the best way to get to the, that point? I mean, what if I'm I'm a Mindful Tribe listener and I'm out there and I'm like, yeah, I'm trying so hard and I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to be mindful. I'm trying to connect. How do I really feel what I'm feeling in my soul and then move forward and connect with people? Well, number one, it's just about facing your own demons. It's about your self-limiting beliefs. And honestly, this whole concept of soul and mindfulness, I've practiced it, but I'm, I'm on my own natural level, but I'm finally starting to immerse myself in it because I recently lost uh, someone very near and dear to me, not, not as in they passed away, just they left my life on the level that I saw the person as being, being my soulmate. And they were all about energy and, and, and souls and, and things like that. So I started trying to understand like what that meant. And as I stepped back from that, I realized that I was starting to be incongruent with my inner child. And I was one of those people because I, I come from very humble beginnings that I didn't buy into the American dream. I, I've definitely plotted my own course along the way, but I've still used that American dream as my angel investor, as my safety net to do the things I've done, like backpack backpack Europe, start some businesses, have some failures, have some setbacks, learn from them and continue to move forward. But I realized that this person that was my soulmate, the reason we connected is because she was with me for my inner child. And I was with her because she was uh, not the carbon copy because you never want to be the same as you. But wow, it was like my inner child right before me in, in a female form. And I was instantly emotionally connected and attached. My soul was there, soulmate. Uh, so how do you do that? So when that happens, it was like a, a gut check time, a, a lightning storm, thunderstorm went through my soul. Like, why did this happen? I mean, this person is saying I'm so amazing. And, and really what it got down to is, you know, as, as a male, Bruce, you might be able to resonate with this. I'm all for equality, but still in our soul, we, we, we know that we have to provide. There are certain things that men do and, and things like that. Yeah, that's right. So, so to to draw us forward. And, and before this woman, I had dated other people in my life, right. but I had never ever really felt an actual connection or saw a vision for a unit moving forward. It was always, yeah, I have a girlfriend or something like that. But now it was, there's Jason, me, and there's the woman, her, you. Mm -hmm. And I was now finally like changing, not changing myself, but compromising to the to the us right so when that all like came apart in like an implosion of a of a building of 20 stories i was like what happened and i stepped back and one of the things i've done to practical mindfulness is since about 20 i have this little blue one subject notebook that i basically just take inventory in this is my practice of meditation this is my practice of mindfulness and i ask myself questions like who am i what am I looking for? Where do I want to go? What does success look like to me? And then I periodically check back into that book and I keep it. It's one of my it's one of my near my most prized things. It's not a possession. It's just like I love this thing. When I go back there and I look at what Jason where he was and where he's doing now and and making sure that inner child stays alive. So it really brought me back to that moment. Let's let's have a let's have a check. Like what really happened here? 
So then I went on a vision quest, and I basically just started asking myself a lot of questions. And I have some more questions I'm doing this afternoon, a second series. So that's how you can get to your soul. I know that was a long explanation, but I think they needed to hear that. And you need to ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? And if today was the last day on earth, I know you're sort of this, would you want to do what you're about to do? And we only have such a limited time on this earth. What are we really striving for? Are we striving for money? Are we striving for family? Are we striving for experiences? You know, what really makes you feel alive inside? And, and I'll share something else. Through my own path to where I am today, I've, I've come from a very humble background, and I've had experiences because I'm an entrepreneur where I did take that leap of faith, and it didn't go as planned. But I have never failed. And, and I want to stress out for listeners, you don't fail. You succeed or you learn. But through that process, I've went from making a good amount of money to zero dollars several times in my life. I've, because of the mindfulness and because of understanding my true soul, I've been able to walk away from a six-figure-plus job and say, I'm going to Europe for three months. And then where I'm currently at now, making, making more money than I ever have, I'm now struggling with another thing in my soul, which is, and I posted this on my personal brand, if you have more money in your day than you have life, well, then you're a poor person. And that's what I'm struggling with because you have to have life in your day. And that is how I connect and I get my mindfulness and my soul. I know there's walking meditation, there, there's all meditation, there's other things. But if, if, you're be, if you're new to mindfulness and trying to figure some things out, really just ask yourself the questions, you know, basic questions. Who am I? What do I want? And then do a cross-check with what your actual day is and look for incongruencies. And I guarantee you, you're either going to walk away from that self-exploration as, wow, I'm energized and pumped up, or, oh my, let me take a closer look. And when you really get true and honest with yourself, it's very tough to do. It's going to be hard to be honest with yourself and brutally honest and, and then have the power to, uh, and the mindfulness to, to avoid what society wants you to do and only do what you want to do or what's right for your family. Jason, you've got so much wisdom and I really appreciate what you've said and how a couple of times you've said, ask yourself every day, who am I? You know, I'm just reading Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, and he repeats that. He says, look, that's what you need to do. You need to ask yourself, who am I? So this is great advice from somebody so young as yourself, Jason. It's very impressive, and, and it's awesome to learn from you. But Jason, tell us about your meditation practice. You've mentioned meditation a couple of times. Do you meditate? And if so, can you tell us about it? Sure. So I, I do the, the self-inquiry method, as I'm sure we, we, we've touched upon through that last, last little segment. Right. But the other way I do it is is I just I just be I just be present and two two ways I like to meditate it, they're both fitness but but one is just running jogging and the other is getting to the gym but in today's society this digital high fast paced society it's so difficult to be present and that's really what meditation is about it's about clearing clearing your schedule clearing your thoughts clearing your worries and just being in a moment so. When I go on a gym, I don't put on, I get to go to the gym, I don't wear my headphones. The cell phone stays in the car or the locker. And for that hour I'm there, it's just me. It's me and the weight and not because I'm trying to, to reach goals. It's just between sets. Can I have a, a real interaction with someone? And let me tell you, that's hard to do in gyms today, Bruce. 
I guarantee you, next time you're in the gymnasium or any of your listeners, you look around, 97% of people will have some form of earbud in their head. And it's a, like a weird to actually approach someone. And that, yes. that's the society we live in today. But for me, I, I actually switched this and I, it's about two, two, three years ago where I just left the headphones away, left the cell phone away because I'm on that thing constantly, especially with what, what I do on, on social media and in all my work emails. I love it. It, it, is, it is my meditation. I go to the gym and it calms me. It relaxes me. During a set, something might pop in and I just I experience that. Between sets, I'm just in that moment. Just what what is going to come into my head? And I don't I don't care what comes into my head. I'm not worrying about the rest of my day. I'm just worrying about being in that moment, taking this time for myself, this self-care, and experiencing it. The same goes for me when I jog. It's it's you know, I don't I don't anymore, I don't look to push times. And I'll tell you a little bit about how this works for you too. I just show up. I don't listen to music. I don't care if my mile time's eight minutes or six minutes. I'm just there. I don't care if I'm, if I'm running because I don't have headphones in. People heckle me. Run, Forrest, run. I hear that one so much, Bruce. But I'm just there. And, and whatever comes to me, if, if I hear horns honking or I, I hear birds chirping, I'm just in that, in that moment. And if I have to walk, I walk. I, I don't put too many uh, expectations. So that's my form of meditation. And I love it. It's it's just, I don't really take any notes from it. I just also, when I do these things, I don't try to run X number of miles or, or push so many pounds of weight uh, or shed so many pounds of body fat. I just try to show up daily. And I try to remember that when I go into these forms, that that jog or or that that session, I make sure there's nothing, you know, 30 minutes to the left or right of that so I can just really be and not feel pressured. But whatever comes from that comes from that. And and that's for me. Now again, I'm I'm still new at meditation, but for me that's what meditation is. Just right. being present, being open to real life connection and just letting your your mind have its own journey and experience the present moment without distraction. Thanks for sharing that, Jason. That's really eye-opening for us. And I want to ask you something else. You've mentioned about your humble beginnings. Is there something you can share about that? Tell us more. Tell us what it was like for you back then and how mindfulness may have maybe possibly played a role or maybe it didn't. But if you would share with us a little bit about your, your humble beginnings. Sure. So I come from a town... Uh, called Wilmerding, Pennsylvania, and George Westinghouse, a nice industrialist, he built the air brake here. And I come from two parents who are high school educated, didn't, didn't go me on that, they're paramedics, and now, um, you know, they, they, they are the executive staff of, of a pre-hospital care company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they, they had a son and a daughter, I'm the, young, I'm the younger two, my sister's a couple years older, and they did all they could for me. I mean, they took sacrifice after sacrifice. My house was filled with so much love. And I am the man I am today. I hope I don't choke up here because of those two wonderful souls and everything they've taught me. And they, they sacrificed three jobs so I could play soccer on, on the advanced team. So we could, you know, weekends, we would go up and down the East Coast and we had some great trips and those became our family vacations and um, you know, as a child, you're, you're not too mindful of that. You're just, you're just in that moment and you're like, you're a child playing the sport or whatever it is. And you don't really realize at a young age and what people are doing for you, the sacrifices they're making. 
So my humble beginnings were that, you know, my mom would work triple three times a week, 16 hour shifts. So we could go on these soccer. My, my dad would have a second job and, um, and they were happy to do it. You know, it wasn't a sacrifice for them because they were doing it for their son, their loved one. And, you know, I think that's how I got into this, this mode for mindfulness mode and, and lightning fast. I need, I need to succeed, you know, like this, this whole like money base, but it wasn't gonna be on my own. It's always gonna be on my own terms because I just want to give back to them and others. The, 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 the values they instilled in me, that's the humble beginnings I'm talking about. The love that they've shared in my extended family, you know, they, we have it too. We have some really great get togethers in outer banks. And then around the holidays, we have the white elephant party and it's always a hoot. Uh, but that's my humble beginnings. And, and where I go from here, regardless if there's a dollar in my pocket or a million, it's, it's what can I do and give to others. And it all begins with, with my parents. Wow. That's really heartwarming. It really is. Jason, tell us what one of the toughest times in business was for you and how mindfulness may have helped you through that. Oh, sure. So uh, when I was 28, I decided I wanted to make mobile applications. I knew nothing about mobile applications, but I saw Draw Something had uh, sold for over $170 million after being on the market for three months and, or two months. I was like, well, what's that about? I can't write a line of code. And I was always looking for the next thing I was going to do because when I was 21, I took my grandmother's recipes. I, I forced her to teach me. She said, no, Jason, this is not a business. Uh, she's been a baker for over 30 year, 40 years now out of her home. And I want to know the recipe so I can actually make like 30 plus delectable Polish style goods. And um, I made it a business and it was expanding. But it got to a point where I couldn't get banks to give me a loan because I didn't have collateral. From I talk about humble beginnings. So that had to go away when I went to corporate. So I saved money. And then I got to this point, this mobile app. So now I had the money. I was able to self-fund it for, for what I've done. And I did everything, you know, and, and that's why I want your listeners to understand mindfulness that we all go through things in life and you're not alone. Everyone has their own story and not everyone's going to be a success the first time. And it's okay. Just keep going. Uh, I did that app with a friend. We self-funded it. We got it to the top 50 on the app store. And then it was such a success that duplicates and copycats started coming in. And we couldn't, we couldn't protect it. Well, I talked with an IP attorney prior to, but we went for it anyway. And after a few months on the market, the, the market saturated and, and our market share went down and eventually that had to go away. So there I was. I had walked away from you know corporate America because I was working 90 hours a week and I was, I, I've actually fell asleep in a meeting. So I said, okay, I, I don't want to ruin this relationship and I'm not ready to give up my passion. So I said goodbye to the salary and, and I went for my dream. So fast forward, I'm about to turn 30 now when this is done because this all happened when I'm 29 and August is coming up, it's turning 30. And there I was a broken man. I'm like, you know, this is the second time you went for it. You, you self-funded, you didn't have that problem. You, you did the hours, you, you got the, you got teammate, you got team involved. And you know, where do you go from here, Jason? Where do you go? And I got to be honest, Bruce, it, it, it wasn't an instant recovery. You know, it took some time for me to really analyze. And, and now because of this experience, my mindfulness is aptitude is so much stronger and I can recover so much more quickly because it's nothing. You just go again. I'm still breathing. And, uh, but in that moment, I was really, really looking into myself like, man, you're a failure. Why would you do this? What do you do next? Your worst nightmare came true. Uh, you have to go back to work, all that. And then I, I finally just decided I was going to snap out of it 
shortly after I turned 30 and I was like, okay, well, who are you? Again, back to my, who are you? What have you done? What is your education? What did your parents instill in you? This is not you. And then I found a path forward and that came with another certification. I got my project management certification, PMP. And then I I got myself back into an organization. And then out of nowhere, I went from zero to, you know, good, good six figures in about eight weeks. I, I changed jobs twice. And then I was making, here's, here's a story. I was making mobile applications again, because of, I took that leap. I was now able to make mobile applications. And then let's fast forward it to present day. Uh, after I got back from Europe, I was offered a salary. I was trying to go to Charleston, South Carolina, my speaking to my soul. And then an opportunity to go through to make mobile apps. And a friend approached me from my consulting day and said, hey, I got this opportunity to make a mobile app for an organization. Now, here's the full circle kicker, Bruce. The organization I'm, I'm making that app, I just finished it up in, was the organization I was working in when I started that app when I was 28 and fell asleep in the meetings. So now I'm an expert in mobile. And this is the full circle story that I want your listeners to understand about mindfulness. Don't beat yourself up. Find out who you really are. Connect with your soul. And and go for things. Don't do anything illegal. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about going for things. It's not the number of years in your life that matter. It's the number of this amount of life in your years. So go for things. And look at me. There, there's a story where I just talked about mobile apps and my humble beginnings. And now the money I'm making is more than ever. And now that I'm on that side of it, I'm realizing that it's incongruent with my inner child. And what's congruent with my inner child is talking to you, Bruce, is telling my family on Millionaire Notes what's up. Oh, that's that's really, really empowering to have you share that with us. Jason, I've worked in bullying prevention for quite a long time, and I'm wondering if you have a story that you can share with us where mindfulness may have made a difference. I do, and, and I knew this was coming, and I'm most excited to share it with you. So I know you were it, – It's when you're in high school – Things happen, right? Yeah, they do. And and I want parents to hear this. I want if you have teenage teenagers to hear this, if you have colleges, hear this, hear me here. Yeah. I played soccer my whole life, as I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. And when I was a freshman in high school, hazing was a big thing. Yes. Right. We were a right. very successful soccer program at my high school. And I knew it was coming because I heard years and before. And we got there. And there was four or five in my my senior class. And the coaches looked the other way. They knew. It was just like a rite of passage for the coaches. Now, they, they made us wear, like, funny T-shirts, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Carry a lunch trays. That's fine. Carry water. Tease us. Rag us. Sure. You know. Yeah. But then they did things like they had this thing called the gauntlet where they would stand outside their dorm room doors, and they would put their pillowcases filled with soccer cleats, and they would make us run down and trip us and hit us with that. And then they would put us in this big hockey bag and like drop us in the hockey bag and and beat us with stuff. And I'm like, what is this? Like, why are why are we doing this? And I know this isn't even as severe as some of the things I've read about, but I just I don't understand what they were thinking. Why they thought like it was funny to them or it was like something that needed to happen when you know we're coming onto their team, we're teammates. You know, do that silly stuff we talked about. Yeah. You know, I talked about a second ago. But yeah. what is this adding? You're you're like an upperclassman. You're supposed to be mentoring me. You're supposed to be whatever. I'm supposed to be seeing how great you are at the position that I will take over once you move on to college. And that bothered me, you know. So when I was a sophomore, when I was a junior, 
some of that stuff still happened because my class wasn't upperclassmen. But we were so mindful of it. And I'm so blessed to have had the group of guys I had in my class. And we're, we're still all still in touch. When our senior year came, um, we didn't do that. You could wear the funny T-shirt. You take our lunch tray. You need to do something in high school for us. We'll do that. You know, you're, you're our freshman. Mm-hmm. But we took more of the, and I know you'll like this, the right, like not the right, but the mentor passing of the torch role that welcome to the team. How can we help you? Here's some of the things you should look out for along the way. We didn't beat anybody. I don't know what happened after I left, but that class, we didn't do any of that. And and I and that's, again, that's who I am at my core. And I'm so glad that the guys I was with, we took that approach. And we actually won Whippeal that year. So that's like the championship. And then we were like third in the state. So, you know, do the right things in life and, and be mindful of your actions. And I don't know what happened. Nothing happened to, to us, my senior class, other than to become the men we are today. We're all very successful. But some of those other people that maybe got beat before us in classes or after us, how does, how does that type of hazing stick with you and carry that forward to adulthood? So just I want your listeners to understand that and, and take that away and talk to their children. Or if you're in high school, think about that. Just think about that. Yeah, what a great story, Jason. My next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Uh, His name's Arnold DeCarlis. I met him in 2012, and he's been there through through the the Europe trip, through the mobile apps, through what I'm going through now. And he's talked me, you know, helped me understand how to find the real Jason, connect with the real Jason. When things don't go as I planned, that's when you said, how do you know all this at this young age? It's because of this man. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? It's helped me to understand and be more present and, and look out for triggers, right? And as I was talking about this woman in my life, she's still somewhat part of my life. And where we go from here, we won't, we don't know yet. Let life take its course and just be. But help me identify where I get triggered and, 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 and how do I respond to things, so I've just become more mindful of my emotions and, and things are going to happen to in your life, but how you react to them is up to you. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. You know, breathing, I got to admit, Bruce, that's something I need to examine a little more. I, I don't, I don't do it that well yet. So maybe we can talk through email. You can me some links to check into on that. I'd, I'd love to learn next. I know you, I just don't have it yet. The only thing I do with breathing and it just calms me and makes me push further, like on my runs. When I think I'm exhausted and I can't go any further. So I think I'm pretty much there. I just need to change the application. I just breathe in and breathe out. And out of nowhere, I'm another 50 yards down the road. Yeah, there you go. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be? You know, I don't know if you know this one or not. And I don't know if it's really for mindfulness. But for me, if you haven't read it or seen the actual lecture. It is called The Last Lecture by Randy Pausch. You're shaking your head yes, you know all about it. And if anybody in the mindfulness tribe has not read the book or or seen the you need to see it. I mean, it's put it on your bucket list of personal development. Randy Pausch is a man, for a real quick background, he was a professor at Carnegie Mellon, and he found out that he had basically less than six months to live. And what he did next I mean, I got I got goosebumps over my body as I'm just thinking about it now. And I almost watched it last night, but I was finishing a book called um, The Big Leap. And I'm going to watch this later. But what Randy did, 
how he took this on, how he, how he got his, his mindset, how he left his legacy, and how he took care of his wife and children and, and said goodbye in the way that he did is just something that embodies mindfulness to me. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? This is going to be sound funny to you, but the app I'm going to suggest is Facebook. Ah. Yeah, exactly. People are like, what? Facebook. So let me tell you about Facebook because I'm an IT guy. Yeah. Facebook is built off of algorithms and it's built off of retargeting and it's that's where their ads are built off of. And it has a great feature called unfollow and it has a great feature called search. So you can turn Facebook into your own little mecca of mindfulness by simply starting to find people like Bruce, people like me. If you're if you really want to get into energy topics, you just start searching on energy and then you start liking brands that promote energy and that that retargeting for the advertising is going to send you a constant flow of energy related information. And then if you and the other thing you have to do on Facebook is if you like content and you want to see it more you, when when Bruce puts something out there, you have to like it or you have to comment or guess what the algorithm won't show it to you. And talking about unfollowing, you know, in today's digital age, people are always trying to compete and keep up with each other and the Joneses is is more than ever. But you can unfollow if it doesn't feel good to you. I mean, I keep mine to to like my real friends. I have Facebook friends, but then I have my real friends that I connect with. And and my feed is wonderful. Ink articles, TEDx articles, mindfulness stuff, my nearest and truest friends, my family. And I love my experience on Facebook. So I'm always mindful of what I'm doing because I'm only pulling into my own universe what I want to be mindful of. What a great answer. What advice would you give a person who's new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Well, do some Google research and then find someone that's an expert at it. They've taken the first step by listening to your podcast, but find your own Arnie or or, or find your own woman that I talked about or find someone that practices it. Because I guarantee you, one of the things I love most about being an entrepreneur in our, our day and age and digital age is you can find that person. Bruce is in Canada. I'm in Pennsylvania. I talked to someone from South Africa this morning. My assistant's out of Dallas. We are connected now. And you're going to find your tribe. And, and they've done it with this podcast. But just find someone to guide the way. Great answer. Well, tell us, how can Mindful Tribe contact you and learn more about what you do, Jason? Absolutely. So number one, I mean, like I said, I show up every single day. You want motivation, inspiration, that's on Instagram at Millionaire Notes. Uh, that will never close. And the other way is my personal brand at Jason Shergott. And that's just search Jason Shergott on Facebook or Instagram. And then an email address would be level up at Jason Shergott. Because what I'm about is helping you level up in life and business uh, by making my inner child proud and making sure that if my 15 year old self met me today, he wouldn't kick my butt. (laughs) Well, I've learned so much from you, Jason, and so much from your book that you wrote. So I encourage our listeners to check out your book. Just tell us a, a little bit about your book before we say goodbye, would you please? Sure. So the book is called uh, Instagram Marketing Guide for Transforming Followers to Dollars. But it's really a marketing guide for the digital age. And and anything I write about in there, you can apply to your Facebook marketing, your Twitter, or your overall brick and mortar marketing or e-commerce. It's just about really how do you build that brand equity with your customer base? How do you listen to them? How do you leverage social media 
as an extension of your workforce and to understand what they want from your brand, what color of uh, fabrics, you know, what, what do they want in the fall line, the spring line. So take a look at that. It's really just a great marketing guide that I actually, I, I, I tour uh, high schools and, and universities talking to marketing departments about that. That's great. Well, it's been a, such a pleasure talking with you and really appreciate it. The one word that just keeps popping into my mind is authenticity because you really are authentic, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us here today on Mindfulness Mode. I look forward to staying in touch with you for years to come. Awesome. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.